Hello everybody, my name is Ray. Welcome to the Evangelical Dark Web. Today, we're going to be discussing Kevin DeYoung going after Doug Wilson. So this is pretty interesting uh, because this is a very Big Eva critique of another person who is pretty much Big Eva uh, in Doug Wilson. And what's interesting about this is just how hot garbage Kevin DeYoung's takes are. I've generally considered Kevin DeYoung to be one of the good guys in Big Eva. He was one of the better people at the Gospel Coalition. I don't think he's at the Gospel Coalition anymore because he's at Reformed Theological Seminary now. But he was generally considered one of the good guys in evangelicalism. I don't know how true that really is considering he wants to sing the praises of Ligon Duncan who's incredibly woke. Um, but, you know... When I talked about him singing the praises of Ligon Duncan, he was at the pastor or the Puritans conference at John MacArthur's church. So, you know, and suffice to say that I'm not a Doug Wilson bro. I'm not a John MacArthur bro. I'm not really someone who can neatly fit into anyone's preconceived camps. I am a Christian nationalist, which would be the best way to categorize uh, my theology, I guess, uh, in terms of putting me in a camp, but I'm not a Doug Wilson bro. And one of the reasons for that is his view on concupiscence. I'm not Presbyterian either. And, um, something that came up more recently, I did an entire hour long video on his debate with Andrew Isker and Isker was the one who represented my views in that situation. So, just some thoughts about Doug Wilson. I do want to give a disclaimer. I don't dislike Doug Wilson either. Uh, I'm just not a Doug Wilson bro. I'm not a Moscow uh, mood type of guy. because I, I am who I am. So anyway, we're going to talk about Doug Wilson's latest controversy sparked by Kevin DeYoung and his critique of Doug Wilson in the Moscow mood. But first... I want to let you know, Evangelical Dark Web is a Christian news gathering and commentary ministry. You can support us over at evangelicaldarkweb.org slash join. Linked in the description below. Uh, but the least you can do is like this video, subscribe to the channel, to the podcast if you are new. So, uh, Kevin DeYoung tweeted uh, this article out, and that's pretty much why it went viral. Uh out on Culture War, Doug Wilson and the Moscow Mood. This came out November 27. Uh, and I'm going to read certain parts of it. Uh, so here's the part where I want to focus on, where he talks about critiquing Doug Wilson. And one of his critiques of Doug Wilson is the fact that Doug Wilson uses a lot of sarcasm that Doug Wilson makes a lot of it about him, which I don't necessarily think is the worst critique ever. I think that, you know, the point about sarcasm is uh, not very good, but uh, let, let's just see. So it is to say, um, I'm convinced the appeal of Moscow is more is visceral more than intellectual. That is not meant to be a knock on smart people in Moscow or attracted to Moscow. It is to say, however, that people are not mainly moving to Idaho because they now understand Revelation 20 in a different way or because they did a deep word study on Ta'enth 
um, in the Great Commission or even because of a well-thought-out political philosophy of Christian nationalism. Those things matter to Wilson and his followers, but I believe postmillennialism and Christian nationalism are lagging indicators, not leading indicators. That is, people came to support to those particular intellectual convictions because they were first attracted to the cultural aesthetic and the political posture that Wilson so skillfully embodies. In short, people are moving to Moscow, whether literally or spiritually, because of his, because of the of a mood. It's a mood that says we are not giving up and we are not giving in. We can do better than negotiate the terms of our surrender. The infidels have taken over our Christian laws and our Christian heritage and our Christian lands, and we are coming to take them back. So one of my problems with this article already is it frames Doug Wilson as like a leader in the Christian nationalist movement. I don't think he's really the leader of the Christian nationalist movement. In fact, he prefers the term mere Christendom. So he kind of already has his nuanced different name to it. So I don't see him as a leader in this movement. I think Kevin DeYoung is framing him as, you know, the everyone who's a Christian nationalist must like Doug Wilson or must be a follower of him, must be moving to Moscow physically or spiritually. And I don't think that's a fair critique. I don't, I don't think, I think that's an overblown phenomenon Doug Wilson may be big in the reformed evangelical sphere, but there's a lot more Christianity out there. So that that's how I view, you know, what I do at Evangelical Dark Web. I'm not trying to reach the MacArthur bros or the Doug Wilson Moscow mood bros. Uh, it, it's for all of evangelicalism. It's a bigger world out there. So I have no problem uh, marketing this channel, this ministry to different people I don't strictly try to hang on Doug Wilson's coattails. I don't think that's an adequate critique by Kevin DeYoung. Um, so he talks about the mood misfiring. And I think that's also uh, not a very good critique because he has a huge criticism of the no quarter November, the flamethrower promotional videos and even promotional sales. And again, I do agree that this is flashy. This is excessive. I don't think it's sinful. So here's where we get into some of his itemized critiques. First, it strikes a tone that it is deliberately sarcastic and a little bit naughty. So this is referring to no quarter November flamethrower stuff like that. No one really thinks that Wilson is timid and cautious the rest of the year. That's the sarcasm. The naughty part is that Wilson uses the word uses the words wussy and wuss. Adolescent slang for someone weak and effeminate. I got to pause right there. Adolescent slang. I mean, for a different generation perhaps. These are words most Christian parents don't allow their kids to use. Really? Since the terms probably originated from as a combination of wimp and another word I won't mention. Why won't you mention it, Kevin? Why won't you mention it? Because we're wondering here. Second, the video takes cheap shots at other Christians. Now, this is the hot garbage 
We're really pouring in in this paragraph right here. Wilson's sarcastic bite is not the first directed towards the wicked, the hard-hearted, and the forces of evil in our world. He takes a swipe at, uh, is not first directed, so he's not targeting the evil people, according to Kevin DeYoung. He takes a swipe at the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission and at the G3 conference. Both are conservative Baptist groups, groups we might add that might that would be on the same side as Wilson in almost every important cultural battle. Let's talk about that for a second. The ERLC is an extremely liberal Baptist group. They've taken some Soros money in the past for MLK 50. MLK 50, by the way, a super woke event. This past year, they have advocated for gun control. They have advocated for suppressing the Tranifesto. They have killed and fought pro-life legislation in Louisiana, which supposedly maybe Doug Wilson might not be fully on board with, so I've heard. Um, but needless to say, I don't think he would fight that. Doug Wilson is far more conservative than the ERLC, and it's not even close. They're not on the same side on these issues. The ERLC is a left-wing organization and should be treated as such it is an apostate organization and should be treated as such it has been run by subversive liberals in its entirety going back to richard land so this is complete regime wagon circling by kevin DeYoung. now the g3 conference has been an embarrassment to itself this year um when you look at you know, what they were promoting that Owen Strand was saying and just his wokeness at their convention. I, again, fair to take aim at them. It, it, it truly is. They've been clowning themselves all year. I don't think that is bad to take aim at them because they're acting like fools. Wilson and Omis every Okay. It's fine that Wilson wants to do this to disagree with these groups. They disagreed with him at times, but Wilson doesn't mention them in the video in order to make a serious argument. He uses them for a punchline. If you like Wilson, you're supposed to think, Oh no, he didn't. That's hilarious. And if you like the ERLC or G3, you're supposed to be triggered because if Moscow can watch their opponents get triggered, that's also, that is also funny. Yes. Um, when serious criticism is leveled at Moscow, the response often includes a smattering of mockery and memes. This isn't Wilson using his famous serrated edge to make a prophetic point against God, a godless culture. It is intentionally making fun of other Christians for a quick chuckle. And again, ERLC should not be treated as Christians. They don't act like Christians. Uh, they should not be treated like Christians. Third, the point of no quarter November is explicitly about culture warring behind... And culture building, rightly understood, it is good to do both of these things. But it is the instructive to see that Wilson, Wilson's stated aim is to aim is to help you apocalypse-proof your home. I think it's safe to say that this is what Wilson aims to do, not just in November in an intensified fashion, but during the other um, during the other eleven months of the year. And Wilson's mind. Preparing for the apocalypse means doing battle against the forces of leftism in our world, 
Wilson's public persona is highly is largely about commenting on the culture, pushing back on the culture, lampooning the culture, and getting Christians ready for the coming cu cultural collapse. Fourth, the video focusedly, uh, squarely focused on Wilson himself. On one level, this is not surprising. Christian institutions and organizations often use their founder, president, or leading voice as the face of the ministry, but the focus here is not on Wilson, but the conduit of biblical teaching, um, as a conduit of biblical teaching and doctrinal truth, or even as the instrument of helpful cultural analysis. The focus is on Wilson himself, Wilson as the rebel, Wilson as the gunslinger, Wilson as the taboo breaking cigar smoker, Wilson as the courageous hero we need in a crazy world like ours. No quarter November is selling a carefully cultivated personality and image Wilson's personality and Wilson's image. So I, I think that's the most well-reasoned critique because it, it's not unfair to say that they are cultivating, uh, you know, somewhat of a cult of personality over in Moscow. Now it's not the word. It, it, it's not completely intentional. It, some of it's a natural consequence of what they do. Um, but Nonetheless, Doug Wilson has been around a long time. He is someone who is soft-spoken, mild-mannered to some degree, but very pointed in his language while being very winsome about his tone. It's a very odd thing that I think makes Wilson a very compelling communicator. Uh, and people like that. People like the fact that they're humorous and edgy, but not sinful. And that's kind of how Christians should be. And where this article really falls apart is much of the pearl-clutching, tone-policing, concern-broing effeminacy. As mentioned before, he doesn't like Wilson being sarcastic. He doesn't like Wilson's use of language. We got another section about that right here. Um, and he doesn't like the memes or anything else. So this is really a tone-policing argument. So, even more troubling is Wil Wilson's deliberate use, uh, de decision, deliberate decision to use uncouth at best and sinful at worst language, especially language of a sexual nature. His own denomination is criticized as unnecessarily provocative language, including the uses of phrases like small-breasted biddies and lumberjack dykes. I, I looked at the context of the small-breasted biddies. It's basically making fun of feminists. And I have no problem with that. Or lumberjack dykes. That's a pretty hilarious term. So he has a bunch of other terms that I'm not going to use for risk of getting YouTube struck. Um, but again, I have no issues with his use of what I would call poetic language at times. But these words, the use of this language isn't sin in and of itself. And spare me the bad misreadings of first or Ephesians 4, 29, let no unwholesome words proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for the edification according to the need of the moment so that it will give grace to those who hear. Such crass language is at times edifying for the need of the moment to give grace to those who hear. Now, is it always? No. 
does Doug Wilson always use this type of language or only sparingly use it? Occasionally use it? Pointedly use it? I would say the answer is the latter. He doesn't gratuitously use it because that is how words lose meaning when you gratuitously use language. So that, that's my view on language. Um, some of those words, specifically the F word that you can't say on YouTube, I use in my upcoming book, Winning Not Winsome. I use the term fudge packer on social media. I have no problem with that. And, you know, someone went after me for using the term butt pirate or butt piracy, which I think is poetic. That is a poetic way to talk about this way. And it, and it again, needs of the moment. And giving grace to those who hear. And the context of that is you shouldn't condone pastors. You should change churches if your pastor supports butt piracy. That was the context I used that type of language in. And that's generally the context that Doug Wilson also uses this language in. I don't think this is sinful. Um, and that, But Kevin DeYoung is being a church lady here, per, clutching his pearls, saying... He continues, to my knowledge, Wilson has not expressed regret or repentance for his use for this language. To the contrary, he has often defended its use. Were I to use this word, these words in public or private, I would be quickly confronted by my elders and likely brought before my presbytery for questioning. If I persisted, I would probably be deposed as a minister, and rightfully so, for such language constitutes filthiness and Filthiness, foolish talk, and crude joking. And again, he cites Ephesians 5.4. But again, this is not the context. If you are, again, Ephesians 4.29, speaking to the needs of the moment and edifying the body of, of the church, such language is permissible. There is no list of words that Christians are not allowed to say. That is called legalism. That is called treating the FCC as canon and in a authority. That is treating the FCC and Susan Wojcicki as an authority on what is and what is not sinful language. That is what you do if you do that. Now, again, if you want to have the whole Christians can't curse debate, which is what Kevin DeYoung is really alluding to, you're ultimately appealing to worldly authority on biblical application, not biblical authority on biblical application. And you would also be holding a standard that the Bible fails because the Bible uses such coarse language at times. Were I to use these words in Paul, okay, so he says, I'll be rightfully deposed. With the Puritans or Southern Presbyterians for that matter, which of the Puritans? Puritans or Southern Presbyterians, for that matter, would have dared speak this way. What candidate coming forward for ordination could get away with writing in this way? What parent would be thrilled if their daughter's new boyfriend sprinkled his vocabulary with words like these? Actually, I'm not there yet in my parenting years, but if, you know, someone's, if my daughter brings home a dude that's dropping the F word that you can't say on YouTube, I'm going to think he's based. So um, that's just, you know. Those are words I use. Um, so, with that said, what uh, if such prophetic language is justified for the minister when he is attacking a godless culture, is the language therefore appro appropriate in the pulpit? 
is according to Wilson's logic, I don't see why not. And should we hope to see more pastors employ these terms? What would be a step towards saving the saving of Christendom for Christian ministers to talk more frequently about boobs and tits? I don't know why he censors those words. In this in his influential 13th central century manual on the training of knights, Ramon Lull insists that the courtesy of chivalry belongs together for baseness of uncouth words are contrary to chivalry. So these are some of that this is some pearl clutching done by Kevin Day Young. The idea that using derogatory terms for homosexuals is unbecoming of a Christian minister is simply stupid. You're defending sin. And saying that the church can't be mean, you know, we got a tone police on how we deal with sin. No. No, I'm not doing that. The church has been too nice with the kid gloves on these issues. Doug Wilson, despite being a lot more soft-spoken than I am, I'm a little bit more brash in my presentation. He is very pointed in his writing, very eloquent and barbed with his pen, and it's devastatingly effective. So, Kevin DeYoung wants to point to a more a more excellent way. The problem is, where's Kevin DeYoung on his more excellent way? If you have a problem with what Doug Wilson is doing, try and do it better. And maybe this article comes across as professional jealousy. So, this is a discernment ministry, right? And if you're familiar with the discernment world, you've probably heard of Pulpit and Pen, or Protestia Now, and J.D. Hall. Now, a lot of people didn't like J.D.'s tone. They liked what he said, but not how he said it. And they're like, you would be more effective if you weren't so inflammatory in your rhetoric. I've heard a bunch of those critiques, right? And when I set out to do Evangelical Dark Web, those were my critiques of Protestia or Pulpit and Pen. But... I didn't set out to copy them. I didn't set out to do what they do uh, or do what the critics want me to do. I just set out to be me. Uh, This is an authentic ministry of, you know, how I believe we should address these types of issues. But the people that were concerned growing Protestia, are any of them effective at discernment, at online discernment, or any of them? So, you know... I believe it's a Moody quote where he's like, I like my way of doing something better than your way of doing nothing. I'm not necessarily endorsing his ministry because I don't know much about it, but that quote's a good quote. And there's a Teddy Roosevelt quote that's very similar about the worst thing, you know, the worst thing you can do is nothing. We need to have a little bit more of that mentality. That inaction is one of the worst actions we can take. Now, there is patience uh, waiting upon the Lord, but I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about being slow to speak. But in terms of engaging the culture, some ministries are characterized by rampant inaction or compromise. And perhaps Kevin DeYoung would have more credibility in critiquing Doug Wilson if he cared to look in the mirror in his own Ministry past, which includes the Gospel Coalition. 
which is all about promoting self-promoting sodomy, by the way. Or Reformed Theological Seminary, in which Ligon Duncan is extremely woke. So, glass houses, Kevin DeYoung. So, that's all I got to say about that. My name is Ray. This is the Evangelical Dark Web. If you like this content, subscribe to the channel if you are new. Otherwise, have a blessed day. We will catch you on the next one.